0: Numbers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, no, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, that's not right, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Numbers chapter 7, Numbers chapter 7, if, they, if somebody had done that to me when I first started going to church, I'd never gotten it right from there on out, but uh, it, it, you have to learn, folks, and so that's what we're here to do, we're here to learn, So we can do, yes? Numbers chapter 7. Numbers chapter 7. I want you to go all the way down to verse number 89. Verse number 89. We'll read this together, and then we'll have our prayer, and then we'll talk to you tonight about the prayer and Bible. Prayer and Bible. Look at verse number 89. And when Moses was gone into the tabernacle of the congregation, listen very carefully, to speak with him, God, then he heard the voice of one speaking unto him hmm. from off the mercy seat and was upon the ark of the testimony from heaven, the two cherubims, and he spake unto him. Father, thank you for the Bible. Help us, please, Lord. I would not even try to convince these people here that I'm any kind of expert or Or know everything about prayer or even practice everything yet of what I am learning but I want to and if we have that kind of attitude I think we'll be all right I think if we have a right direction sooner or later if we don't quit we may actually get there so I pray dear Lord this matter of prayer since we're talking about getting back to the basics in the first two months is on prayer I hope that's an honor to you Lord I really do but I also know it's a threat to the devil and the world and our own flesh. And That's why many of the fusses and many of the sicknesses and many of the battles that are going on in people's lives even now. So watch over us tonight. Let me help your people from your book so they can live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, I want you to notice in this verse, so I hope you didn't shut your Bible. Watch what he says here very carefully. And when Moses was gone into the tabernacle, uh, now I've taught the high school all about the tabernacle. I've actually, a couple of years back, I think I may have been longer than that, taught on the tabernacle here. It's a great study. I probably ought to do it again. But he said, into the tabernacle of the congregation to speak with him. That him is God. So Moses went into the tabernacle to speak with God. Watch very carefully what this says. And he, Moses, Heard the voice of one speaking to him. The voice was God. Moses in to speak to God, and God spoke to Moses in the tabernacle. Now, understand very carefully here. It has often been said uh, concerning Bible and prayer, people have said this, and it's true. I'll show you here in a minute, that when I pray, that's me speaking to God. When I read the Bible, that's God speaking to me. If you've been around very long at all, you've heard that saying. So watch if this if this is true. See if our text verse between Moses and God would verify that old saying about when I pray, that's me speaking with God. And when I read the Bible, that's God speaking with me. Watch what it says. When Moses went had gone into the tabernacle of the congregation, I'm in verse number 89, chapter 7, to speak with him. To speak with him, God. Moses went in to speak with God. And he, Moses, heard the voice of one speaking to him. So he went in to speak to God. And guess who was there waiting to speak with him? God. Understand about your prayer closet. What we're talking about tonight. When Moses went in to pray for himself and the people and to wait for instruction, he found someone already there waiting on him. I know it makes you feel bad, and it should, Uh, But really, it's more of an invitation when you tell people God was waiting on you in your quiet place this morning. Did you meet with him? You should preach that just kind of makes me feel bad. Okay, then do something about it. Quit feeling bad. That's what we ought to do. Moses went into the tabernacle to speak with God. When he got there, God was waiting to speak with him. He went to speak with God. God was speaking with him. You see what I'm saying right now? So when we're talking about prayer, we have been led to believe. Now, understand, when you go to the Lord and you're confessing sin, you can come to God almost any way you want to. You're already in a sinful mess. And God said, now, look, when you sin, you come to me. You confess to me. I'll take care of things for you. Okay. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about now living for God. We're talking now about the way that our relationship is with our Father, not our Savior. Okay, once saved, always saved. You can never lose that. But a lot of Christians do not have a proper relationship as father and son. We just don't have that. And so here we're talking about you need to have a right prayerful spirit, a prayerful. What does that mean? Well, for example, a prayerful prayerful spirit is the spirit to which God will speak. Moses went in the tabernacle for this purpose. I need to talk with God. When he got there, God would say, I've been wanting to talk with you. Understand, he had the right spirit to go in and have prayer. A A prayerful spirit will be a listening spirit and waiting to hear what God has to say. Boy, do we mess up there, don't we? We have been taught, you've even heard people pray, it's like they can't hardly even catch a breath. It's just one long prayer. And now, uh, God, I want to tell you, uh, here's what we need. uh, And you got to answer prayer. And if we're coming to you tonight, and and it's go on and 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 on. Amen in Jesus' name. And they go. Now, I have two questions. First of all, do you pray like that in your closet or you just pray like that in public? Whoops. Gotcha. Didn't I? Okay. So, what happens here is this true communion with God in His presence and the part that He takes. Ju- judge your own prayer life. To pray in God's presence and the part that He takes, listen very carefully, should be as real to us as our part in the prayer. I'm real. I kneel down. I'm talking. I have things I need to say and I need answers to. Is God's part in that that real to you? That's good. Just think about it. is His part. So, so, who are you praying to? Your, your 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 tie rack? I mean, your shoes? I mean, what do you are you praying to the pillow? I mean, what do you? It, it's it's more than just kneeling down. Don't miss next week. It's more than just praying. It's meeting with God in that place. Moses had gone into the tabernacle of the congregation. For a specific purpose. And that purpose was to speak with him. He didn't go in there because it was ritual time. He didn't go in there because I forgot to pray today. He went in there because he needed to speak with God. What he found out was when he was in there, he heard God's voice speaking with him. Understand, see how real that is? I'm coming before God to speak with him. God is coming to me to speak with me. It's like two people sitting in a room all by themselves, just talking things back and forth. You understand? Right. not arguing right. okay we have to agree with god that's the way that goes right there so we find out here we need to ask how scripture reading and our prayer can become true fellowship with god so i'm going to pray and then i have this book here and how do both of those help my prayer life how do both of those help me in my prayer life bible and prayer how do they fit together first of all In order to pray, you got to get to the right place. You got to get to the right place. Now, I don't want to get on that. Moses went into the tabernacle to speak with God, so he was going to a place, and it was a right place. He separated himself from the people and went where he could be alone with God. That would be the right place. You say, where is that? Wherever you can be alone with God. Where is your alone with God place? He said, well, it's here and there, so you really don't have one. It mm-hmm. didn't say Moses went and found just any place. No, he went to the tabernacle. That was his place. Right. He went there, and he knew if he went in there, God would talk to him. He, I'm going in there to talk with God. He didn't go in there, oh, I hope he shows up. No, I'm going in to talk with God. Yeah. And guess who was waiting to talk with him? God was waiting to talk with him. So we find out here he went into a place where God was to be found God was to be found. If you do not have an office, if you do not have, even if you have one, if that is not your prayer place, then you don't have one. You can put up uh, in letters, prayer place. But if you don't go there, it's not doing you a bit of good. And even if you do go there, who are you meeting? Are you there to just talk to yourself? Are you there to just, now God, I I want you to, uh, uh," and you just never stop. You just go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. So basically, this is a one-sided conversation. Okay, let me me do this. You ready up there? Jesus Jesus has told us where that place is. You know what he called it? He said, enter in, there in Matthew, enter into your prayer closet. Enter into your closet. What am I supposed to do in there? Enter into your closet. Next thing he said, I don't know why, shut the door. I think it was more than just a door, door. I think it was shut everything out but me. I will meet you in there. Nobody else can come in. It's just me and you. Where is that place? Honestly, I'm not making fun. You can't be driving down the street, sipping a cup of coffee, jelly donut in your lap, and having meaningful prayer with God. There has to be Moses going into the tabernacle. I need to talk with him. And God said, been looking forward to talk to you. Moses already knew that. Moses knew what he had to do. So we find out here, he said, pray to thy father who is in secret. Your father's in secret. And when he says secret, he's not talking necessarily about public or private prayer. He's talking about, is it about me, you, or just, it doesn't matter who's around. Moses represented the whole nation of Israel. But it had to do with him. I need to go talk with God. To speak with God requires separation from everything else. You said, preacher, we just had prayer, all of us together. What does that mean? So you'd like to do what a lot of churches do, right? Well, I'll go home and have church, and I'll go home and have prayer, and I'll go home and I'll sing, and I'll go home and... There's only one big problem with that. God said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is. Pray for one another. It goes on and on and on. There's other scripture there too. So don't get things out of joint here. Any place where we are really alone with God can be our secret place. Okay, we were just up here. Was it for show? Then you were wrong. Was it earnest prayer? Look, when I'm praying up here, a lot of times I just kind of forget you're here. Because I'm not talking to you. I'm talking with God, in here and in here. It's not always just what comes out of here. You understand? And so, where is your alone place? It needs a. It needs a heart, intently set upon God, fully expecting God personally to be talking with. Now, this sounds real charismatic, spooky type stuff. It's Bible. It's Bible. Listen to me very carefully. So you can have direct personal dealings with God. There's nobody around. It's just me and Him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Folks, I don't know how to break the news to you. I can tell you places where I completely broke down in front of other people and there was nobody around but me and God. Mm -hmm. I can tell you other places, places, times I had to run away from crowds to be alone. Mm -hmm. It's all according to what the nature is. We talk about people being uh, depressed and stuff because there are how many? Eight, eight trillion people in the world? Eight billion people in the world? How can people possibly feel alone? Mm-hmm. So we go, oh, yeah, you can. But all of a sudden, when it comes time for prayer, you have to be alone, alone to be alone, alone. Mm-hmm. That's not true. So um, those who go there to speak with God, when you go to your closet, I just want to ask you a question. And don't get all spooky on me. Does he talk with you? We even sing the song. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. Right? Good song. He's talking about prayer. I'm going to the garden alone to pray. Well, what's the purpose? Well, I was in the garden last night. That's it? That's that's what you went there for? No, you went there to talk with God. Moses didn't go in the temple just to go in the temple. He went there to talk with God. And sure enough, because he set that aside and said, God, you're the main purpose. I'm coming here to talk with you. God said, Good, then we can talk. God wants to spend some time with you. So, first of all, you've got to get to the right place. Where is your place? You got to have a place. Where is it? You say, I pray when I come to church. I got to stick with this. Number two, get in the right position. And I don't mean on your face, on your knees, standing up, on a cross. That's not what I'm talking about. Moses heard the voice of one speaking to him from the mercy seat. It says so, from the mercy seat. You know, the Bible teaches us that we may come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might find mercy and grace to help in time of need. That's a good place. That's a good place to pray right there. Bow before the mercy seat where there is an awareness. You know, the thing about real honest prayer is tough tough because one of the first things is pointed out is you. But if you humble yourself, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. That's not just a song. When you have honest dealings with God, God is going to talk with you. And one of the first things he talks to you, Lord, I wish you'd straighten out that woman on the other side of the aisle over there. You know what God says? You have a bitter heart, don't you? See, first thing God talks to is you. First thing you talk to is God. If you have real conversation with God, the first thing he does, because he loves you, is say, uh, wait, before we get started, we need to deal with this sin thing here. Uh, oh, hold on, before we get started. See, that's what God does. God wants to get close to you, but your sins have separated between you and your God. So let's deal with that and get it out of the way. Now let's have a talk, okay? You understand, before they went in before God, they gave sacrifice, blood, The labor washing their daily sins. So they got all that out of the way. Now we can have good communion with God. Now we can talk with the Lord. So until we're right with God, we can't have real prayer like God would want, communion with him. At the mercy seat, you can have the assurance of the upward look now because God has humbled you and everything's going to be okay. God can talk to you. His loving answer will be given. Set your position before God's throne And you will find you will find the mercy and grace that you need. We're we're struggling way too much. We really are. I know all about the flesh. I know the battles in the mind. I know what the world's all about. I know what goes on. I know how it attacks. I know how it's. I know all of that. So where's our help? We even come to church set, and here's the way we listen. Yeah, you're not alone in here. And you're not alone in here either. Your mind's going all these. Some of you are in Maui. Some of you wish you're in bed right now. Some of you, I'm watching the game. You're not here, and somehow God's supposed to talk to us in the middle of all this noise. Alone is not necessarily just a place, but the way that we are, we need our place. Moses went in the tabernacle to be alone with God to talk with Him. So at the mercy seat. You need to do that. He hears and sees and will bless. What did God say? Go to your closet, shut the door, and I will see you in secret. That always threw me. Wait a minute, I'm praying. I want you to hear me. He said, no, I see you. You ever thought about that? You go to your closet, and he said, I see you in secret. But I'm going there to pray. I need you to hear me. He said, I see you. Thank you. You can turn that off now. Thanks. Uh, It went off earlier, too. Please turn off your phones. Now, watch what he says here. Go to Isaiah chapter 66. Isaiah chapter number 66. Isaiah. Where am I at here? There we go. Isaiah chapter number 66. Look what this says. Go down to verse number uh, 1 and 2, chapter 66, verse 1 and 2. Thus saith the Lord... The heaven is, now watch it, watch it, this is amazing to me. God is saying, do you understand how big and mighty I am? Watch what he says. He said, the Lord saith, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Now get that picture. You know what he's saying? It can't contain me. I I want you to know how big your God is. Then watch what he does. Watch how he pivots. Going down there and he says this, but to this man... Will I look even to him that is poor and of a contrite? He's talking about poor in spirit, humbled, broken. He doesn't think much of himself. Poor and contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. He wants what God wants. God said, do you realize who I am? I'm God Almighty. Heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. But this man, I listen to him. He and I talk together. You know what he is? He's humbled in spirit. He's humbled in spirit. He's contrite, which means broken about the things between him and God. It's just destroying him inside. God said, I listen to that. When you come to me being honest about you, I listen. Now I can talk to God. I know he'll talk to me. Why? I know that's Bible. And so what I have here is, folks, we need to enter into our closet and prepare for these kinds of things. The greatest blessing in prayer will be our ceasing to talk. And learn how to listen. Don't take this wrong, but I'd almost guarantee you most people are not silent at all when they go to prayer. We have this much time to talk about this much stuff, and we don't have time to listen. You're in your closet. Nobody's listening to you except God. Be still and know that I'm God. Wait, I say. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon Him. Give Him some time. Why? It takes us time, even when we first get up in the morning. Get all the stuff out of our head. We've got to calm ourselves down here, and here, and many times even here, and that's getting tough to do. Walking outside, trying to look it up. What is it? A meteor? Comet? What, what is it? What's up there? Brasilia? Oh, it's a comet. And uh, you can't see it because of all the lights that are there. And you're looking up there, and all you hear is tractor trailers, And you're hearing people yell at each other, and folks, alarms are going off. It's really hard to find a quiet place. Amen. Early in the morning. We're out here at uh, a at little after 8 in the morning, and it's still kind of, and we hear a bird. The next thing you hear is, some 18-wheeler going down. Clear over on 270 somewhere. It's hard to find a quiet place. By the way, it's not just the noise that comes in here. It's the noise that's in here. So God said, you need to come to a special place that you know and I know is only for me and you. You have to have a special place just for you and God. So the second thing, you need to be in a right position. Moses heard the voice of one speaking from the mercy seat. From the mercy seat. That was his place. That was his place. That was where he positioned himself. How to pray? Number one, get in the right place. Number two, get into a proper position. I don't mean prostrate on the ground or kneeling, even though I think both of those are proper places. You do remember that the thief on the cross, he prayed there. Got another guy prayed in prison. Of course, a lot of those guys pray in prison, so there we go. Now, (laughs) number three, you got that, didn't you? Okay, number three, get into the right frame of mind. Um, sometimes like our kids, you ever have your kids come running, Mom, I don't remember whoa, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. What are you saying? Right? Yeah. We're children of God. We want to run right in, spur the moment, and just start spouting off things, and you can almost see God going like this. I don't understand a word you're saying right now. You don't even remember half what you say. You don't even mean half what you say. Calm down, slow down, be quiet for a minute, catch your breath. Now, what we tell our kids, Catch your breath. Oh, sit down, sit down, sit down. Calm down. Now talk to me. We want them to make sense. Okay, if you're going to talk to me, do you want me to give you an answer? Do you want me to talk back to you or do you just want to talk? If you just want to talk, go outside. But if you want to talk to your mom or your dad, then let your mom and dad talk with you. It's a two-way conversation, okay? And so what happens here is this. Get into the right frame of mind. Have a listening attitude. And I know this sounds foreign to you. It is really amazing when you have read, don't miss next week, when you have read and actually want to meet with God, God will actually talk to you mostly through this book right here. So, how's the conversation going? How's the conversation? going? I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm trying to get you to be honest about your prayer life. Do you really have one, or is it just something we've all kind of made up? Many people are so occupied with how much or how little they have to say in their prayers that the voice of God who wants to talk with them can't find the room. You got to give way. Wait on the Lord. You asked a question and just kept right on talking. You asked for help and kept right on talking. He is a real, if you would, being, He's called the Father. We're his children. He invites us, come and talk to me. Then we do, we don't talk to him. We do all the talking. We could have done that in the bathroom. We could have done that on the football field. Just keep talking. We can do that on the phone. And God said, be still. Let's talk. Lock it up. Calm down. Quiet it. Let's talk. Have you ever just knelt down in a quiet place? You probably do it on your bed at night, don't you? Lay there in the dark because you can't go sleep. That's not because you're in a frame of mind. You're a nervous wreck. You're in a world that at any given time is going to give you COVID. (laughs) Not the dreaded COVID. (laughs) Cancer's breaking out everywhere. Pandemics are everywhere. Uh, We're liable to get murdered tonight. And we have so much to worry about. Watch it. Somebody's going to be like, yeah. I'll pray. Stop it. Knock it off. <laughs> Knock it off. What you ought to be concerned about is how is your relationship with God? Amen. Because you, look at me. Look at me. This is going to scare you to death. You are going to die sooner. Isn't that weird? I'm a prophet. I'm not a prophet. God said it's a point that a man wants to die. You're going to die. Look at me. Right. And it's not just old people that die. Young people die. Babies die. People die. God said they'll die. You're not going to avoid it. You're not going to escape. It's going to happen. So it's not. I had a message years and years ago. I think I only preached it once. It's called the dash between the years. You have a birth date and a death date. Neither one of those are very important. What's important is that little dash they put in there between the beginning and the ending. That's your life. That is your whole life. What did it amount to? God gave you life and then gave you life and said, okay, I need you down here to live for me. What is that life amounting to? If God gave you one more year, what would you do with it? Oh, I'd really get busy. Then you should already be doing that. So here's what he said. He said in Isaiah 66, 1, 2, but this man will will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit. What we need to do, is from our heart. Humbly wait on God. He is God Almighty. You understand His throne is heaven. Uh, I don't understand why you're doing this and how come you won't do this and I really need this one. and we never stop talking. He is God Almighty. He knows everything. He can do everything. We won't even listen to him. Talk to him. folks. Take a break. Time out. Okay. Break your schedule. Ease up. You don't need to go down to. Uh, some place in Kentucky or Tennessee to find a quiet place. I need to find a quiet place. I think we're going on vacation. No, you go there and wear yourself out. Then you need a vacation from your vacation when you get back, and you know that's the truth. I only got one week. We better put the pedal to the metal because we got to see everything we can. By the time you come back, you skip church because you're too tired. So don't tell me you've been praying while you were gone. My wife, and, and don't take this wrong, but um, it is, we don't do that for a photo op, but in the mornings when we go, do I not? In the mornings when we go someplace, I find a place. If the weather's nice, I'll go outside. I'll even rearrange the furniture. I'll move a whole table, move everything out of my way, put a chair over there. If it's too hard, I'll get a couple of pillows, you know, and I'll put it underneath of me. So it happens when you get older, and uh, I do all this, and I will spend my morning time alone praying and reading my Bible. I don't just do that here for show. If you only do it for show, then it's no go. You write that down? How's it going, right? Okay. It just flows, folks. I don't know where it comes from. The greatest blessing in prayer will be our ceasing to talk and let God speak. So, number one, we talked about the practical spirit you have to have. I'm sorry, the prayerful spirit It's a right spirit. It's a place you have to be, and it's in the right frame of mind. Why why are you going to go pray? It's so God can talk to you, so you can go talk to Him. You know what it's supposed to be? Both. But the part we sometimes leave out is leave out is him talking to us. Number two, let's talk about prayer in the Bible real quick, okay? Prayer and the Bible. Stop and think about this before you before you agree or disagree. Prayer and God's Word are inseparable. Why do I say that? You may want to write this down. Power. In the use of either one, prayer or Bible, depends upon the presence of the other. I'll say it again. We're talking about prayer and the Bible. They're inseparably linked. Here's what I'm saying. Power in the use of either one, prayer or the Bible, depends upon the presence of the other. So if I'm reading my Bible, I need prayer. If I'm praying, I need to have God's word. They're inseparable. How can I pray according to God's will without his Bible? Therefore, my prayer is begging me to make this a part of it. If I'm reading this, how can you know God's word without asking him to help you? He wants to. You have not because you ask not. Folks, these two things go together. So for those of you that pray all the time and think you have a great, but you never read your Bible. How is that possible? How are you praying according to God's will? You don't know God's will. Right here it is. Eighty, ninety percent of God's will is found written right here. There are personal things that God wants to talk to you about, but most of it is right here. How can I pray according to God's will? I don't know his will. So they're inseparable. They need to go together. The Bible gives me the matter or the stuff that I need to include in my prayer. When you read the Bible, have you ever been reading the Bible and go like this, wow, yeah. I probably ought to start adding that to my life. Mm-hmm. You know what that was? Do you know what that was? Yeah. That was the Bible telling you or giving you the matter, the stuff you need to include in your prayer. Yeah. They're inseparable. You cannot possibly have good one without the other one. Yeah. Right. They go together. I can't pray in God's will if I don't know his will. I can't read this if I'm not in tune with God. It's his book. It's called God's Word. Understand? And so what happens here is the Bible gives me the matter, telling me what God will do for me, the promises of God, the blessings of God. I don't even know what to pray for unless I go to the Bible. So now I'm in the presence of God. I don't know what he's been talking about. If prayer is me talking to God, and the Bible is God talking to me, if you put both of those together and make them inseparable, guess what you're doing? I'm going into the tabernacle to talk with God, and God is talking with me. Don't make it spooky and and mystical. God said, my word, my word. These are my word. This, This is my word. My word. Like talking, you know, word, word. Okay. Yours is talking to me. So I talk with God but it has to be according to his will. While I'm praying, the matter that I should be praying about is that which God pointed out to me when he was talking to me. I hope this making sense. The Bible, number two, shows me the path of prayer. It's telling me how God would have me come to him. It te- the Bible tells you how to approach God. It shows you an example in, in, in other people's lives in the Bible. It shows you those who, like Lot, was a saved man, but when the angels came to visit him, he wanted to hurry and usher him back out. You know why? He didn't have anything to talk about. They brought guilt on him as soon as he saw them. He won't have nothing to do with them. Got to get them in, get them out, so we don't pray in the morning. We're sipping coffee, eating a jelly donut. On a, hey, did you have prayers this morning? Yeah. I said, God, thank you for the jelly donut, and I hope I don't spill my coffee. That's not prayer. <laughs> so when you get up at the last moment, because you're so dead tired. you know what you just told God? I don't have time for you. You know what we tell him? You know what we tell him? Yeah, I do. It's just I'm so tired. You don't have time for God. That is not your priority. If it was, it would be your priority. So it's God is telling me how I can approach him, how I can come to him. Number three, the Bible gives me the power for prayer. The assurance. Okay, power for prayer, not, zzz, zzz, you know, I got power, not, not that kind of. Let me heal you. Not that kind of power. Power means authority or right also. So now when I pray according to God's will, I have power with God. When your will becomes his will, you'll know the doctrine whether it be of God or not. In other words, you'll know what God wants and what he doesn't want. Go to to John 7, 17. I think this is right. I hate to do this. I'm, I'm relying on my brain. That's not always a good thing for me to do. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, that one. I think it's 717. Uh, Oh, look at me. I'm so proud of myself. I'll go home and have a bologna sandwich. Watch this. (laughs) Chapter 7, verse 17. Watch what he says. If any man will. You know what your will is? That's your decision maker. God allowed you. The devil cannot make you. It seems like he does. God will not force you. That'll never happen. God made you a free moral agent. God gave you a will. That's why he said, let whosoever will. Let him come unto me. It's your decision. The devil can't stop you. He tries. But God said, no, nope, made a law. The law of the mind. And so watch what he says here. If any man will do, not know. Have you been doing God's will this week? Are you struggling to do God's will? Are you fighting to do God's will? Then he said, if you'll do that, If any man will do his will, God's will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He said, look, it's going to start making sense to you. Uh, Teaching the high schoolers here, the author of the Bible is not those 40 men. The author is the Holy Spirit of God. Those men were just simply, if you would, the pens that he used to write it all down. So it's not Paul, I wish was here so he could explain. I have the Holy Spirit of God right here. Problem is, I don't have time to listen to him. I don't have time to spend. Wouldn't you love to spend, don't shake your head yes or no because I know. Uh, Wouldn't you love to spend more time just reading and studying and writing things down that God talked to you about? You're saying yes because you've never been in that arena. You have any idea the battles that take place when you decide to have a prayer life? When you decide to understand God's word, all hell will break loose on you because he does not want you to get close to God. You get close to God, things are going to begin to happen to you and around you and to others. You're going to carry on conversation with God like Moses coming down out of the mount. He didn't even realize he was shining. You won't either. So that whole thing about, oh, I'm close to God, look at me, that's not Bible. And so what happens is you're going to find out your time in that closet. It's not just time in the closet, it's quiet. Why am I in the closet? Why do I want to go? Why do I want to go to the tabernacle? I want to talk to God. Right. I don't want to just talk to him. I want him to talk to me. Amen. And God said, When you come here, I've been waiting to talk to you. Moses, good to see you, buddy. Let's do this again tomorrow. You ever think about uh, Enoch? I was thinking about him the other day. Did I mention this to you already? Enoch spent how many how long did Enoch live? Anybody know, Rafa? How many? Three hundred and sixty five years. Enoch did? So he died as a kid? Okay. Was it 360 years? I don't know. Uh, he didn't live as long as everybody else. So he died when he was a kid. Somebody find that real quick. Mike, look that up real quick. Mike doesn't know his Bible, but he knows how to use Google real good. <laughs> Do you know? Was it? Do you know? Does Anybody know for sure? Wow. Okay, watch this very carefully. Do you suppose, and look, he's on my staff, knock it off. Do you suppose in 365 real years that he had any problems in his life? I'll take that as a yes. Do you suppose he had any tragedies, maybe him, his family, or people around him? Do you suppose he had any headaches, things he lost? Things didn't work out right. Expose that. Why is it the only thing the Bible talks about is his what? His walk. Do you understand? Everything else is a distraction. The only thing that makes a difference is your walk. It's the only thing. Guy lived three hundred sixty-five years, and it doesn't mention anything about anything else in his life except he walked with God. Isn't that amazing? you almost think you mean rest of this isn't important, not compared to your walk with God. Your walk with God is the most important thing that you'll ever establish. Now, the Bible also says that after he had Methuselah, so he really didn't have a good walk before that, I don't think. Um, but you come to find out when he got, had Methuselah, he started getting serious. Some of you need to start getting serious you have kids. You need to start getting serious. Quit playing around with your Christianity. And so uh, I said, it gives me the power in prayer. Now that I know I'm praying according to God's will, I can. God's held by his word. I'm, I'm not threatening God. I'm just, if you would, reminding God. He doesn't need to be reminded. But I'm telling him, look, I'm, I know what you said. And you said you would. And God said, you're right. Could you quote promises to God? And you need that. And God said, that's why I put that in there. See, now I have power with God. We think power is, let me heal you, and slap you in the head, and knock you down, and you'll all fall over. If your breath is that bad... Number four, the Bible brings me the answer to prayer. Okay, how do you know you're praying according to God's will? So how do I know that God will answer the prayer I just had? Quit getting, so. well, I think God's for, quit thinking, find out. You have a book. God went to all of this trouble, if you would, before the world ever began to give you this. All down through time, hundreds of thousands of people have suffered and died and given their lives for this. And we won't pick it up and learn it. We're not learning a creed. We're not just falling in love with a book. This book tells us about God, what he likes, what he doesn't like. It brings me the answer to prayer. It teaches me what God will do for me if I do this. It also tells me what God won't do if I do that. I think it's kind of important. Prayer pleases, pl- Prayer prepares the heart for receiving the word from God Himself. Bible says, "Plow up your fallow ground." It's talking about your heart, okay? In in context, he's talking about your heart. We get hardened in heart pretty quick. Uh, we go around. I guess ah, another one died. That's it. By the way, it's not just this generation. You know, even in Jesus' day, they used to pay women to mourn at funerals. I mean, that's pretty bad. You got to pay people to cry for somebody. They did. Seriously, it's in the Bible, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's actually in the Bible. Prayer prepares the heart for receiving the word from God Himself, for the teaching of the Spirit. My prayer is saying, I'm yielding to God. Now that I'm yielding, God can talk to me. You can't enter God, you know that those nasty people in church? And I'm just telling you, if I were you, God's not listening to you. And you're not listening to him, because if you were, he'd be saying like this, Vengeance is not your area. Stay out of that. Bitterness is not your area. It'll destroy you. God's talking to you, but we're not listening. Why? We're, it's too crowded. We're yelling too much. We're, we're too upset about other things. God cannot talk to you that way, so he told you to get away from everything. It'll also, for the faith that is, that is made partaker of his mighty works. Okay, now that I prayed, now that I know what he wants, now that we both talk together, I can go through life with such a positive outlook. Here's what we're, we're praying for healing for people. We don't even know if that's what God wants. I think God wants everybody healed. I think you're stupid. How's that? That's not Bible. It's not Bible at all. But we think if we just have enough faith, no matter what, God will come through because we really mean it. You know, sometimes for a person to die is God's will. You remember Jesus, Paul, John the Baptist, right? Standing for God, preaching what was right and died for doing right. We just don't know our Bible well enough. It is very clear on why this is so, this whole thing about prayer that prepares us. The Bible said, and God's word, uh, I'm sorry, God's word proves this out. Why is prayer and the Bible so important? Because prayer is about God. That's what it's supposed to be about. Don't miss next week. And God's word is all about God. Prayer and the Bible is all about God. It's not about you. We have been sidetracked like in families. Our whole family structure is now about children. Yep. You can take for what it's worth. I think it's all backward, and I think it's ruining people. Right. It's ruining marriages. It's ruining relationships with God. Everything's about the kids. Yes. Now, you want to challenge me on that? I've got a lot of Bible for you, so just come, bring it on, big boy. Now, so uh, where was I going with this? Oh, the same thing in our Christian life. We tend to believe that church and blessings, it's all about us. Now, God said, you sow, you'll reap, and that's a fact. That's a universal law, whether you're saved or not. That's in the Bible. Uh, If a man rolls a stone, it shall roll over on him. It's just Bible. That applies to everybody. We're talking about your relationship with your father. And your father says that what you need to do, it's not about you. All glory and honor goes to the father. All glory and honor goes to him. I am a steward, I am a servant. I'm a servant. Paul said, I am a willing slave. I don't like that word. I don't care. Get over yourself, not talking about you, It's talking about your relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know what Paul said, I have become a slave, a willing servant. Willing. You know, don't fuss about this. I love that. Paul said, yeah, that's what I am. What do you do for that? I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. Whatever he wants, what do I want to do? Willingly. I'm not made to. I don't have to go to church. Now, see, you, you you know where I'm going with this, but I mean it. Because I get to, I'm here all the time. I don't have to pray. I get to pray. That's why I do it. When you think it's something you have to do, that's why you skip it all the time that's why it's not that important to you but when you say i get to mm-hmm. i get to meet with god i get to spend if i choose to and i'm and i am not bothered by the things i can spend hours nobody makes me nobody comes knocking preacher you should still be reading your bible at this time <laughs> nobody does that Now, they do that with my tithe and stuff, but we'll talk about that another time. So, what do we have here? Listen to me very, very carefully. This is, this is so good. This is important. Prayer seeks God, the Bible reveals God. Prayer doesn't reveal God, the Bible does that. Listen to what I'm saying Prayer seeks God, the Bible tells me about God. Put them together. I'm seeking God. He reveals himself to me. No seeking. Why do I need to reveal? I want to know the Bible. Then why aren't you praying about it? Watch this. In prayer, man asks God. In the Bible, God answers man. No? Why do you have a Bible then? In prayer, man raises himself to heaven In the Bible, God has brought himself down to man. He condescended to men of low estate, the Bible says. In prayer, man gives himself to God. In the Bible, God gave himself to man. It's the only thing you know about God. There's no other way to know God. What we tell people is you can get to know God in prayer. No, God will reveal more of himself to you in prayer according to his word. Okay. Back to basics. The Bible said, as you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk ye in Him. Ask anybody in here, you tell me or tell yourself, if you're saved, what was the very first thing that you did that you should continue on? That's how you received Christ, wasn't it? You prayed. Not what He did, what you did. As you have received. How'd that happen? God, I'm sorry. What happened to that attitude? What happened to that continuation? And then somebody came along and said, if you're ever going to get to know God, you've got to get to know this book. You said, oh, okay, well, I get to know. Are you still doing that? As you received him, so walk in him. We're making this way too difficult. The world has crowded him out, and we're trying to find a way to make a spot for him. We're trying to find a way for his church and a way for prayer and a way to obey this and a way not to do that. And it's just the whole world, the sinful world is crowding out our father. And so God said, "I tell you what I'll do. Where's your closet? You get in there and you shut the door. Shut everything out. Just you in there, just me and you. And when you talk to me, I'll talk to you. This is why you need to pay attention to prayer, Sunday school, your own Bible reading. Because the Holy Spirit of God will take this during honest prayer time and God talks to you. That's spooky. No, it's really pretty logical if you think about it. In prayer and Bible, God must be all. Not you, not your kids, not money, God. And God said, look, when you're with me, I'll take care of you. Everything that we provide for ourselves, for the most part, God said, look, I already told you I'll take care of that. Food and raiment. He said, look, the lilies of the valley, they don't have tractors. They're not sowing seed. I take care of them. The sparrows, they don't have factories. They're not bundling food. They're not storing it. He said, no, I take care of them. Are you not worth more than that? God said, I'll take care of you. So guess what we do? We disobey so we can provide ourselves with food and raiment and a place to stay. You know what God said? I take care of that. You take care of me, I'll take care of you. That's why he said, you take your burden and lay it to the side. Why? You, can't ha- you cannot handle your life. Then God turns right around and he said, now you take my yoke upon you. Oh, wait a minute. You're telling me to lay down stuff so I can pick yours up? Mm-hmm. Did you get that? God simply said, you can't handle what comes into your life. I can, but you can handle what I want you to do. So guess what we do? We set Jesus aside. We don't come to church like we should. We don't read like we should. We don't pray like we should. We don't act like we should. We don't witness like we should. Everything that's God, we set it aside because the world has pushed its way to the forefront. Whether we meant for that to happen, that's what's happening. Churches are dying because we have no spiritual anything. We quote scripture, but we haven't walked with God. We know how to find it. Turn to Malachi. There, preacher. No, oh, okay. But we don't know anything about God. wonder what this word means in the Bible. Right there it is, preacher. But we don't know what that really means. We know how to find it. But we don't know what it means. Church is not a place to show up and go, look, I'm here. Like you're doing God a favor. That's not what it's for. Church is for you and God to understand one another now. Now let's go pray and the Holy Spirit says, I was, Preacher was just talking about that the other day. You remember what he said about that? Remember over in Matthew how he pointed that out? That's what I want you to do. God will talk to you through his book. Prayer and the word of God will be a blessed fellowship. If you ever get here, you'll know it. You'll know it. If you've ever had a time of prayer where you just left it all right there, and then God talked to you. You won't look at me like, how's that happen? You'll know. There's no guesswork about It's like a person saying, How do you know you're called to preach? And and people give you the dumbest answers. You'll know. Kind of answer that. You'll know. Well, what if I made a mistake? Then tell people you made a mistake. Okay? How will I know God's talking to me? You'll know. But it's hard to do when everything is so crowded. God said, come apart. You remember when the disciples were with the Lord, they were having a very busy day. People were being healed, thousands of people being fed. Jesus was teaching, and then they come to find out John the Baptist got killed. They went all the way over and got his body. They were worn out. Jesus recognized that after working all day for the Lord and said, we need to come apart. If you would, before you come apart. Do you know what church is for the Christian? Do you know what prayer time is for the Christian? Do you know what Bible is for the Christian? It's us coming apart from everything else. Get out from among them. Be separate. There's very few places we can do that anymore at. Most of us can't even do it at our own home anymore. You know why? Because our kids run our home. Well, you know how children are. Yeah, I know how I am with children. You moms look at me like, I'd hate for you to be my husband. You don't know how I feel about that. But anyway, you have to understand, kids are not to run the home. We're not supposed to run God. He's the father. We're the children. We're supposed to obey him, yes? Is that Bible or no? Does it not say children obey your parents? David, look up here. That's very important. like his hair, by the way, Mom. don't know whose idea that is, but looking good there, young man. Any single girls in here at all? Okay, anyway. Do you understand? Prayer. Now watch this. Tomorrow night, we're having prayer right here. He said, preacher. I just don't know how to pray. You ever think by maybe listening to somebody else, you might learn something? Do you know the disciples in a crowd? Jesus teaches to pray. He didn't take them off one at a time. He taught them how to pray, like John taught his disciples. How did they know that? They were saying, they're listening to Jesus pray. They had been there when John the Baptist taught them, and he was praying. They heard this. And they said, you know something, I'm not sure we're hitting pay dirt. Can you teach us how to do that? What do you think I'm doing now? I'm not saying I do all this, and I'm not saying I'm good at this. I'm probably not even explaining it very well, but I'm hoping that you get the understanding Man, we're missing something here, aren't we? This world is about ready to explode. You're praying it'll all calm down so you can go on with your normal life. I hate to see it come, but probably the best thing for Christians is for the world to explode. Because that's when we really get serious. No? Find out you have cancer. One of your grandchildren are very, very sick. You were just in a car accident. I know exactly what you do. You begin to pray right away and confess what you already know is wrong in your life. God knows that. So he's not being mean. He knows in order to get you close to me, I don't want to. If you'll just read and pray, we'll talk together. But if you don't, I love you so much. I'm going to have to pull the reins, get you back where you need to be. And then we're happy. Then we prosper. Then we backslide. Then God turns things loose on us. Then we cry out to God, read the book of Judges, round and round in circles, right? Look at your own life. Is that not what happens? I don't care if it's finances. I don't care if you're married. I don't care about your kids. That's what we do. God pointed that out over and over again in the Bible. And this thing about prayer, we talk about it. We read books on it. We can question about it. Here's what I think about it. Okay, dump all of that. What are you doing in the area of prayer? That's all that matters. But there is, we say, like, okay, uh, God hears a child's prayer. You ain't children. You're a grown up. You've been saved for some time. Don't you think it's time we learn what God wants in this thing in prayer? Let's pray. Father.